All right, good to have you here this morning, and we're going to talk about the subject of rest this morning, and let's go ahead and take our Bibles, and uh, we'll turn to the chapter that deals on the subject of rest. Again, uh, some having a long weekend here with, again, Labor Day and that coming up, and again, uh, country, again, uh, certainly being pro-labor, again, that's how I believe our country was built to a large degree, but also built around the subject of rest, and so we're going to Consider some thoughts on rest here today. God is both pro-work and pro-rest. And we'll see again here specifically what I'm talking about here in Hebrews chapter 4. If you'd uh, turn there and we'll go ahead and read the first 11 verses together. Again, I'll read them and you can just follow along. Again, here the Bible uh, talks about this subject of, of rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if thou shalt enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest in the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth there, there are some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain, a certain day, saying to David, Today after so long a time, as it, is, as it is said, Today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. I want to speak to you this morning about rest and a different kind of rest, an eternal kind of rest. Let's go ahead and we'll pray as we consider this thought here from the Word of God. Father, thank you again for your word here today, and as we Consider this subject of rest here today. There are many in this world that have no idea about this kind of a rest. They've never heard about a need for a rest, and they certainly are in a place that they are not at rest. And as we consider this subject here today, help it to be a, a blessing and help to the hearer, help the hearer to take heed to the word of God and see their need to enter into rest if they haven't already. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you might get the rest, so to speak, of a long weekend this week, and you may get a rest from time to time from your labor. But again, as we see here in the Bible, the Bible speaks of a rest that is quite a bit different. This rest chapter of the Bible speaks of rest in at least nine different uh, word references it makes here. We see in first number one, it talks about his rest. And again, we're, we see here again the promise of rest. It says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of us 
of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. And so it talks about here, first of all, his rest. And then in verse number three, it talks about entering into this rest. It says, for we which have believed do enter into rest. And then it goes on, it says, as he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if thou shalt enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. And so the Bible speaks here much of the subject of rest. It uses the word rest here some nine times. In the first 11 verses, it talks about his rest and entering into rest and my rest. And God did rest. Again, it mentions my rest and given that rest. And it mentions there remaineth in verse number 11, uh, sorry, verse number nine, there remaineth a rest to the people of God. And that rest must be entered into. Verse number 10, it says there, for he that is entered into his rest has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall at the same example of unbelief. And so we see several references to rest. There's a rest to the people of God. There's a rest that comes from Jesus. There's a rest that's entered that we need to enter into. There's a rest that must be a part of our faith. And so we see this thought of rest here. And again, some don't enter into this rest. In first number six, it says, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. It says they must rest. They must enter therein too, but some haven't because of unbelief. And so again, this chapter of rest deals with rest and faith and unbelief, and rest is given from Jesus. Again, if you turn to Matthew chapter 11, again, I want to make mention that Jesus also spoke of a rest uh, that everyone needs and the world needs and every person uh, personally needs. In uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly a heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And so today we're going to talk about not rest like you need eight hours of sleep, or rest like you need a break once a week, like, again, we might see in the Old Testament, a Sabbath day of rest. But we're talking about spiritual rest. We're talking about a special rest, his rest and a rest that the people of God have. And so let's turn back to our text there in Hebrews chapter 4. And as we consider this thought of rest, uh, we understand some will experience the rest of retirement. Some, again, experience a longer rest at night. And some, again, get temporary rest periods throughout life. Maybe they sit down, they watch TV, or they go to the lake, or they may, again, go out shopping or go to the cabin for a week or whatever it might be. But there's a rest that all of us need. And, it, and the Bible says in verse number 11, and again, uh, it, as we talk about rest here, important verse here about the subject of rest. It says, let us labor, therefore, 
to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You can fall through unbelief. And here the Bible says, let us labor to enter into that rest. What happens if we don't enter into that spiritual, special rest? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 14. What happens if one doesn't find this rest, my rest, the rest that Jesus has? What if, what if one doesn't find that kind of rest? Sadly, after this life, they will enter into a place of no rest. Revelation chapter 14, verse 11 says, says, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast or his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. The Bible says they have no rest. Again, either you enter into spiritual special rest, or sadly you'll enter into a place of no rest one day in a place called hell, where there is no rest there. Let's turn back to our text there, Hebrews chapter 4. And uh, again, as we consider this subject of rest, there's a problem when it comes to rest because I believe people are, again, in, in general desirous to work uh, to gain rest or peace with God or, again, to find rest from their labors. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 9 and 10 says this, There remaineth a rest to the people of God, for he that entereth into that rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Now, I know, again, as part, as part of this passage of Scripture, we see, again, the Bible, again, talk about God and his rest. Verse number 9, it says, And God did rest the seventh day from all his work. Again, the work of creation. And uh, people might say, I don't know how long creation was and all that kind of stuff. Again, here in the book of Hebrews, it talks about days of creation. And it talks about the seventh day and God did rest. And it says there in verse number uh, 10 also, it says, He that has entered into his rest has also ceased from his work as God did from his. And so in order to enter into this rest, we have to cease striving to please God through works. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. The reality is most people in their mind's eye are trying to get, again, into a place or position of spiritual well-being with God through uh, works, religious works, spiritual works. Again, giving the offerings to God according to the works. It started with Cain in the garden. It continues even today. In Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Most religious systems are centered around works, doing good works, and pleasing God through works. Again, these systems of labor cause some, again, to think that salvation is partly of works, so all of works. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 23, the religious system that, again, the Pharisees and the Sadducees set up was centered around works, and they encouraged those that lived under their faith system, not God's faith system, but their faith system that had 
again, parts of it that were centered around God and the scriptures. Uh, again, to be one centered around works, Matthew 23, verse number one, it says, uh, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All there whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not after their works, for they say and do not. And they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them upon men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Again, the Jews would place burdens upon men that they wouldn't even do. And the Bible describes them as heavy burdens, verse number four. Bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne upon people. And you see that with religious systems. They'll set burdens upon the people. Many in this world laboring under the burdens of religion and the burdens that they may set up as a religious system. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. But again, all these religious systems are centered around works. Yes, they'll say things like, you must have faith in Jesus, but you must work to maintain your salvation. You must work or do certain religious things to, again, find a rest and peace with God. Romans chapter 10, verse number one, the Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. People will set up a religious system of righteousness and how to obtain righteousness. How, how were the Jews trying to obtain righteousness? Well, go back to the chapter before, pick up in verse number 31 of chapter 9. It says, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not obtained to the law of righteousness. Therefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. What were they believing on? Believing on their works, the works of the law following the law, observing the law, doing the religions, doing all those things according to law. And so the labor of the restless is centered around doing religious works or just doing work in general. Again, Cain offered his works to God and it was rejected. We cannot offer religious works to God and it be accepted except after salvation. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. One might say, again, the rest that God describes in the Bible, how is that obtained? Well, some would say that's obtained by faith and works, and works and faith, that are a combination of these two. Or, again, the religious works or the law must be followed to find this rest. But the scriptures would tell us that we need to cease from these works. Galatians 3, verse 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before it was I, Jesus had evidently set forth, crucified among you, 
This only would I learn of you. Receive you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. How did they receive the spirit of God? It's by the hearing of faith. Look at verse 8. It says in the scripture, foreseeth that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Skip to verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law of, in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And then verse 26. For we are all the children of God by faith, in Christ Jesus. The world is full of restless religious workers seeking to merit heaven and seeking to do religious works and seeking to please God by their works of their hand and by giving of what they, again, can to God. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Again, someone who's been involved in any religious system, I believe, needs to come to a place where they see their works as dead before God. Their religious works especially dead before God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith to God. We need repentance from dead works, a change of mind about the value of works to gain peace with God. There's no value in works when it comes to God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 9. One could preach, one could teach, one could be a Sunday school worker, or somebody could get go door to door, someone could, end, could go uh, place to place, someone could go overseas as a missionary and feed the poor, whatever it might be. And none of these things will bring us rest and peace with God. Hebrews chapter 9 in verse number 14, the Bible says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Find rest, not in work, not in dead works, but in trusting and putting our hope in God. Let's turn over to Matthew 11. You want to relieve yourself of the load that you're carrying as far as sin or the load that you're carrying as far as a conscious goals concerning maybe things you've done in the past or even doing now. This load can be unloaded. Again, here, as the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, actually, sorry, Hebrews, Matthew chapter 11. Sorry about that. I had my referencing wrong. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How can we get rid of these religious works? We need to come unto Jesus. Verse 28. We come unto Jesus to unload those loads, if you would, of sin and condemnation before God. Let's turn to Psalm chapter uh, 38. Sin keeps us from having rest. See, sin keeps us from a place of rest. And sin, again, needs to be, again, discarded to find real rest. 
Psalm chapter 38 here, verse number three. Again, we find again in the Bible that our conscience, again, causes us not to find rest. The burdens of sin trouble us and cause us not to find rest. Psalm chapter 38, verse number three, the Bible says, there is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head as heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Now, these are the words of David. He was even in this place in his life burdened and loaded down by his sin. And it says there in verse number three, it says, For there is no soundness in my flesh because of thy name, and neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. There's no real lasting rest because of sin. The burden of sin troubles the heart, troubles the conscience. And causes us not to find rest. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 59. We need a rest from this trouble that we have. We we need a rest from this conscience that pricks us concerning the sin that needs to be forgiven and forsaken. Isaiah chapter 59, here verse number 2, it says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Skip to verse 8, it says, The way of peace they know not. There is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth there and shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We await for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at the noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar as bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment and there is none for salvation and it is far from us. It goes on in verse 12. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee and our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us. As for iniquity, we know them. And so we see again the load of sin is the result of sins that we partake in. And this load of sin needs to be discarded. Come on to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. We need rest from this load of sin. We need rest from the possibility of judgment. And so we see again, if you turn back to Matthew chapter 11, There's a loving and caring, uh, again, invitation to get soul rest, God's rest. In verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light, light. And so again, this this call to rest calls for us to repent of our dead works and to trust in Jesus. 
Let's turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 4. Take my yoke upon me and find rest for your soul, Jesus said. Again, a life of lack of rest can be replaced with a life of rest. And so the Bible mentions this rest being something we enter into through faith in the gospel. It starts this, the first part of the chapter, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 1 through 3 says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of, uh, of us of entering into his rest, any of you come short of it. For unto us with the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed in faith of them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if thou shalt enter into my rest, although thy works are finished from the foundation of the world. And someone says, how do we enter in this rest? Well, the Bible says there in verse number two and verse number three, it, it mentions it needs to be by faith. The word did not profit them, verse number two, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so again, to enter this rest, there must be faith in Christ. There must be faith in the gospel to enter into this rest. And in order to enter this rest, we must leave behind, again, our unbelief and our works. It says there in verse number nine, there remaineth a rest the people of God, for he that has entered in that rest has also ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And so there needs to be a repentance from dead works and a trust in Jesus. Again, this is necessary to find salvation. And so we see the life of rest promised in the Bible. In verse 1 and also in verse number 9, it says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. There's a rest to the people of God. Turn to Romans chapter 5. If you've entered into this place of rest, this resting in Jesus for your salvation, this resting in the gospel uh, to take you to heaven someday, you can have this rest and it'll ever be with you no matter what happens in your life, no matter what goes on in your life. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace through the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, you see that in, in uh, chapter 3. Let's go ahead and read that. It says, For all sin and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and a justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. And I want to read verse number 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And so how does one enter into this eternal rest, this life rest? They enter into this rest by putting their faith in his blood. Verse number 25. Whom God has set forth the propitiation through faith in his blood. Not faith through works. 
Not faith through in religion, not faith in the preacher, not faith in herself, but faith in his blood. And so there's a long-term rest promised to the people of God. Chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a peace that can never be taken away. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, it says, Therefore, I uh, sorry, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And so those that are in Christ Jesus are in a position where there's no condemnation. There's no reason to fear God's judgment, no fear, again, of not having our sins uh, taken care of because we see life and rest and peace by the blood of Jesus. Romans 6, verse 22 and 23, it says, And now being made free from sin and become service to God, you have your fruit unto holiness in the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord eternal life leads to an eternal rest and there's never any reason to fret or be concerned about again one's life or again one has salvation by grace through faith in the gospel let's turn to Colossians chapter 1 again this Again, position that we're placed into after we've been saved by grace is a place of rest. We rest in the promises of God. We rest in the protection of God. We rest in the salvation of God. We rest in the hope that God has for us and allows us to rest. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us in the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so this long-term rest from sin, death, and the devil comes from salvation in the Son. And it mentions redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And so people will look to different things to give them rest, but there is a rest given especially to the people of God. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Before one has this rest, they have fear. They have fear of death. They have fear that maybe they'll get caught in their sin. They have fear that maybe they're, they're standing before God one day will not be as they maybe think it might be. They have fear concerning maybe some things they have done or, or thought or maybe were involved with. And the Bible talks about fear here and how people don't have peace, but they do have fear. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that, he might, that, that through death he might destroy him that hath power over death and the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject the bondage. And so the Bible talks about people having a fear of death and being subject to bondage. And God is able to deliver, deliver them from this fear of death. One of the reasons people can't rest spiritually is because they have a fear of death. And I think about, again, people still fearing death. 
and continually fearing death. This is not going to go away until they obtain a rest from Jesus, a rest from God. Let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 4. Simply said, this chapter deals with rest. Uh, Again, the people of God were to find rest in Canaan. And again, we find again God again given a place of rest on the seventh day. And there's a need for us to also rest in the gospel. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to read through some of these verses and just comment on them a little bit before we close here today. It says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us and of entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. You know, it was a promise of rest, and some will come short of it. I mean, nobody wants to come up short. Have you ever been in a place where you know you didn't have enough change? Or you didn't have what you needed to get something or gain something? No one wants to come up short. And here it mentions his rest, and some will come up short of it. They'll come up short of it. Verse number one, it says that. And then verse two, if we're on to us, was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so the gospel can be preached, but it's not going to profit unless you believe it or someone believes it. And we see in verse number two, there are going to be people that just simply don't believe it because it's not mixed with faith. Verse three, it says, for which have, which have Believe to enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And so God rested from all his works, and there's a rest that we can enter into where you don't need to be in a place of works. In verse 5, and, this, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. If they. There's an if there. They shall, if they'll enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. They to whom, whom was first priest enter not because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if thou wilt hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And so there's a little warning here about this rest. Don't harden your hearts to this rest. For Jesus had given them rest, then will not he have afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that has entered into his rest has also ceased from his own work as God did from his. Let us therefore labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And so the gospel is preached, and some enter into rest, and some will enter into rest. Let us be of those who enter into this special rest. His rest, my rest, the rest is given by Jesus and have a spiritual rest that will never leave us. In verse 3, it says simply, For we which have believed do enter into rest. We that have believed do enter into rest. 
Are you one of those that have believed that have entered into rest? Let's close as we consider the word of God here this morning.